0: Yeah, are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome to the Professor G Podcast featuring Dr. Yu. Now, here's Professor G and Dr. U. What's up, everyone? It's Professor G. Welcome to the Professor G Podcast. I got my guest again, Dr. Yu. Say what's up. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everyone doing? Now, what we're going to cover today is really what everyone worries about, right, is money money. How do I pay for this thing? How do I think this thing called college? Everyone talks about colleges. They mix in universities and it's just confusing. Right. So let's go right right into this. You know, Dr. Yu, you have a Ph.D., which is the doctorate degree. Correct. Right. And what specific major was that? In education. Education. So you're a PhD in education, Dr. U. Mm-hmm. You have a master's degree? Yep, in Chicano Studies. Master's degree in Chicano Studies, a bachelor's degree? Correct, in history. In history, and then associate's degree? Nope, no associates. Oh, you, but you went to the community college, did, you just transferred without the associate's yep. degree. Yep. So that's an example that, yes, you can go to community college transfer without the degree or with the degree, and then continue on your road. But that's a lot of degrees. Jeez, man, that's... that's- <laughs> That's a lot of money. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's uh, a lot of time, a lot of money, um, but worth
1: every penny.
0: Worth every penny. I can't emphasize that enough. In my own education, right? Same thing. Very similar to yours. I went to community college. I did get an associate's degree in general ed before I left that community college. I transferred to a four-year university. You don't need to do four years because you went to community college. Now you're only doing two years. I did my bachelor's degree in Chicano studies at Sonoma State University after I transferred from Cuesta Community College. And then I did a master's degree in counseling at San Jose State University. What I did is I'm called ABD. ABD it means all but dissertation, meaning I finished all the classes for a doctorate degree and then you know decided I got to do other things and didn't finish that dissertation for that doctorate degree. So if you hear someone saying they're ABD, basically they finished all the classes except for that dissertation. ABD means all but dissertation. And it was expensive, mm-hmm. right? Very expensive. And so today we're going to break down how we did it. So let's get started. I mean, you end up a long time ago in college, right? And you, know, you finish high school, you got to start this college thing. Did you have money like in a bank account to pay for this? Yeah, I did. I had like five
1: dollars and that's the, <laughs> and that was about the extent of my checking account. Um, no, uh, when I started the community college, uh, I got the Pell Grant to waive tuition and then I was eligible for financial aid. But my first year, I didn't take financial aid. I wanted to make sure before I signed up and took any federal money that I, I was going to actually stick it out.
0: So you said a couple things there, right? Financial aid, Pell Grant, that kind of stuff. So when someone starts the journey of college, you you're going to hear this word called financially Right. And financial aid is, is money aid is, is what I like to call it, it is kind of, you know, there's costs associated with everyone's college education and there's applications that you should fill out. You don't have to if you're going to pay it on your own. But if you want to see if there's like, say, free money out there for in terms of the state government or the federal government, then you got to submit these applications for them to determine if you're eligible.
1: Even if you are going to pay for it on your own, you should still fill that out because you never know how much you can qualify and or open yourself up to other types of opportunities like work study so it is definitely something you have to do no matter what
0: that's true that's true you should always apply for financial aid no matter what no matter if you think you have the money believe me you might qualify for something right and saving money is making money and so you qualified for financial aid, it sounds like. Correct. Because you said the keyword Pell Grant. So Mm -hmm. what that tells me, that tells me a lot of things, is that you submitted this application called the FAFSA, the Free Application for Federal Student Aid, F-A-F-S-A. And it never changes, it's the same application for every college in the nation, right? So it doesn't matter if you're going to a community college or university, If you qualify, you should fill out the FAFSA. And let me be very clear here. The FAFSA is for U.S. citizens, permanent residents, or other eligible non-citizens like refugees, those kinds of certain students on certain visas, not all visas, but certain visas. You got to be an eligible non-citizen. You can check with your financial aid office locally to see if you qualify. But if you're a citizen, permanent resident, refugee, those kinds, go ahead and submit the FAFSA, right? If you're undocumented, special note here, if you're an undocumented student, meaning straight undocumented or you have received DACA, which is the Deferred Action for Child arrivals, You do not fill out the FAFSA. You will fill out a different application. And in California, it's called the DREAM Act. And we'll get into a little bit more details on that. Either way, these are financial aid applications that you need to fill out to see if you qualify. Right. So you mentioned earlier you got a Pell Grant. Yep. Tell me about the Pell Grant.
1: Pell Grant essentially paid all my tuition. So I was able to show up and not have to pay for tuition. So the way I paid for everything else was working. So I had a job and that's what paid for books. That's what paid for any extra things that come with associated with schools. So that first Pell Grant was essentially just covering tuition, which was the most expensive thing to attend to college, even a community college is so, tuition.
0: So when you take a class, they're going to charge you, right? So in California, if you're a California resident, and we can get into details on that later, there's already a, video uh, on guide that you can check out on becoming a California resident, etc. But let's just say you were born and raised in California. You're pretty much a California resident and community colleges are going to charge you $46 per unit. So if you take a three unit class, you're going to get a bill for 150 bucks or so. Mm-hmm. Right. So when, when you say tuition, your financial aid was paying for that. So you didn't have to pay the 150 bucks for a three unit class. And I'm assuming you were going, you know, more than three units. Right. So those bills were coming in at five, six hundred, seven hundred dollars for tuition, probably even more depending on how many units Mm -hmm. you're taking and your financial aid paid for that.
1: That is correct.
0: Okay, Did you receive any additional monies like to, you know, I don't know, buy a beer or something?
1: <laughs> Eventually I did. At first I did not And again, like I said, I wanted to make sure this is what I was going to do before I took federal money. And then I got to a point where I, I was able to work less or take less hours on at work because I was able to qualify for actual financial aid. And that's when they sent you once a semester, a lump sum, which was a little different. So they sent you a check. They sent me a check for, I believe at that Time oh, it was a long time ago, probably two thousand five hundred. Two thousand five hundred. I think so, and that was to cover any associated costs that come with being a student, like not working so many hours paying for books. Sometimes that meant like traveling to go to, you know, I had a a biology class. We had to go out to the wetlands, right? So that that covered some of that cost that comes with associated with being a student because it is consuming of not just time, which means time away from working your hourly job, but also travel and whatnot that comes with it. So
0: so some students qualify enough to receive some cash, right? And you qualified enough to be able to receive some cash from the federal government to be able to then pay for additional, expenses so that you can stay in school yep got it got it so you had your tuition paid eventually you had a little bit extra cash to be able to do some things now it's not enough
1: right? oh no 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 i definitely didn't quit my job
0: yeah yeah you still got yeah, to work to <laughs> work. you still got to have a job and where were you working at at the time
1: oh, i was working for the city of sacramento parks and recs division so it was a flexible
0: job uh i think i believe worked from like one to five one to six so and what were you doing at that job i don't remember <laughs> But it was early in your life, so uh, it wasn't. It wasn't an office job. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, no, yeah. You were doing labor. No, no, no
1: labor. I was working at uh at different sites, working with kids. Uh, okay, or coaching football, coaching basketball, refereeing games, just random stuff that they had me doing. Got it. Summer Mentoring, camp- yes. Su- summer camps, whatever they wanted, we were out there doing.
0: Great, great. So that's a pretty cool job while you're in school. It's still the best job I've had. <laughs> <laughs> When I was in school, I was a janitor. (laughs) You know, I was a janitor at Smart and Final. (laughs) I was a janitor at Food for Less. (laughs) I I got so good at mopping big stores. You know, I was mopping, sweeping and mopping. So I, I got so good at mopping. It was incredible. You know what I mean, and and like that gave me more skills than even dancing. Nice, because <laughs> I was dancing with right, the mop, right. you know. So those kinds of things we all have to do, mm-hmm. right? Because I also got financial aid, and from my understanding, financial aid only pays about thirty percent of your expenses. I believe it. I believe and you know, think of it that way: is that I get a lot of students that come in thinking financial aid is going to cover everything, and, and it doesn't. It covers about thirty percent of what it really costs to go to college. So you still have to have that part-time job. You still got to look for, like, say, other grants, other scholarships that are not tied to the federal government, et cetera, to try and raise enough money, mm-hmm. right, to pay for additional expenses. And when we say that, that means, you know, textbooks, mm-hmm. right? you going to have to pay for books. Mm-hmm. Where are you going to get the money? Where well, you try to save all that financial aid money to pay for textbooks, yep. right? Transportation, yep. right? You know, that was driving a lowrider back then. I got to drive to college, right? So I get to college and I got to pay parking. Yep. Right. There's semester parking fees and parking tickets and parking tickets. Yes. And parking tickets will haunt you. (laughs) You know, you got to won't let you register for your next class unless you pay those tickets. That's right. So make sure you get that parking pass, whatever. In some schools, I went to a school the other day. I had to buy a parking permit. It was 10 bucks. Yeah, it was no joke. So try to use public transportation as best as possible to reduce those kinds of costs. In some cases, you'll be able to buy a semester parking pass, which is way better deal, yeah, 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 but it's still paying, you're yep. still paying for parking. So, try to use public transportation as much as possible, get dropped off by some friends, etc., to avoid all those costs. If you do end up getting a ticket, better pay for it. Yep, if not, you won't be able to register for classes. Well, do this first actually, try to appeal it. <laughs> yeah, always try to appeal it, and then if they say no on the appeal, then go ahead I and just, pay for it. I just peeled one a couple of weeks ago, I got denied. <laughs> I got, dude, as a counselor, as and a, I've as, a, there, as yeah. a, yes, as a, at the college I work at, I've gotten four tickets and I've appealed all four and I've been denied yep. all four tickets and it's because I forgot to grab my parking pass or whatever it is and I just didn't display it in the right place where they want to see it. So, Make sure you take care of those fees as well. So we talked about federal financial aid, right? So federal financial aid, so that everyone understands, it's based on income. Mm -hmm. It's based on need. So I didn't have great grades in, in high school at all. But when I got to college, I filled out the FAFSA because I was born and raised in, in California. So I'm a citizen and I never left California. So I was a California resident. So when I went to community college, I was getting charged California resident fees. When I did my FAFSA, I was surprised when they said you qualify and you're eligible because I assumed it was based on grades. Right. I think I was told all in high school it's based on grades, not on my parents income. And when they did the calculations, you know, my parents are farm workers. They work every day. But, you know, you're getting paid paid so little in certain jobs that we still qualify. And I was able to get that, you know, check for, you know, thousand five hundred. I remember it was like every three or four months I'd get a check for like a thousand five hundred to basically pay for whatever I needed to. And I used some of that to pay for rent hmm. I bought some food, you know, in some cases I still had a job because, there, again, it is not enough to cover everything, Had to pay a little bit of rent, had to pay, you know, bought some clothes, you know, in some cases, whatever it is for you to stay in school. Right. Now, what happens if you take the money and run? <laughs> Some people think that it's free and they can take the money and run. No, you can't. You can't. You can't. If you don't
1: complete your classes or something like that, they won't give you money next time. That's right. They'll cut you off. Yep, they right? cut you
0: off. Uh, and, and if you run too, you know, if you take the money too soon and run, You'll have
1: to pay it you back. have to pay it back. Yeah, you have to at least, I think eligible for financial aid was nine units back then, which was three-fourth time student. So it's either full-time or three-fourth time. So you can't come and qualify for financial aid if you're only going to take one class. It's, I think it was three to four back then i'm pretty sure those will still those requirements still That's right. are the same.
0: That's right. And so think of it this way. if It's a deal with mm-hmm. the government, right? So yeah. you're basically making a deal with the government. The government's saying, we're going to help you out a little bit with some money. 33%. 30, 30% mm, yeah. of what it costs. We'll help you a little, right? Here's a leg up, you know, one step up. But the deal is that whatever classes you signed up for that semester, you need to complete those classes. With a good grade. With a passing grade. Passing grade. So a C or better. Yep. And if you get a C or better, say they gave you in a grant, say $2,000 for the fall semester. Mm -hmm. And in the fall semester, you took four classes, 12 units. If you pass them all, then you've fulfilled the deal for that semester. Yep. That money is not required to be paid back. It was given to you. Now whether you continue with college or not doesn't matter because you completed the deal for that semester. Yep. And then another semester starts and the new deal, right? You get another, you know, payment from financial aid and if you take the money, <laughs> it's basically you hand shook with the government that you're going to finish the next semester
1: and they always get their money back. So <laughs> So it's a lot easier for me to finish a class than it is to scramble up back then a couple grand
0: to pay someone back. Exactly. And this deal is with the federal government. And let's be real. It is with the most powerful (laughs) government in the world. They will get their money back eventually if you owe them. Mm -hmm. They might not get it today. They'll get it when you're 45 and doing taxes. (laughs) They're going to get it. <laughs> They're going to get it. And what I mean, they can garnish anything. So yep. you you really got to be cautious and ready for those kinds of expectations when you're getting and receiving financial aid. So some of it is free. Yes. Right. The Pell Grant, if you get that, that's pretty much free as long as you pass your classes. The Cal Grant, now that's the state of California, mm-hmm. can come in. And give you a little bit, you know, of money. And there's different requirements for that. You just got to get your apps in. Yep. They'll figure it out. So there's Pell Grant, Cal Grant. There's a thing called the Promise Grant mm-hmm. that used to be called the Board of Governors Fee Waiver. And all of those you can get just by filling out the FAFSA, right? If you're a citizen- Permanent resident, eligible non-citizen.
1: What I like about it is that you fill out one form and they send
0: it out to who knows where and all these boxes are checked off for you. That's right. It's one application. They try to make it as easy as possible. And in October, they're supposed to make it even easier. Nice. Is what they're saying, that they cut it from 150 questions to about 60 questions, which is amazing because it right. is a nightmare application it is it is it is, it is. and so
1: it, as you're going through this i do recommend sitting down with someone from the college who knows this stuff and filling it out with them or having someone on tap that you can tap into and ask how to fill it out or check out the videos on how to fill out the fafsa because it is a beast
0: it is now once the fafsa is complete it takes a couple months Right. You kind of send it in and you wait. Mm -hmm. Right. Don't worry. (laughs) They're processing it. It's easily going to take them a month before they release it to your school. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's why when you're filling out the FAFSA, it allows you to add like up to 10 or 20 schools that you're thinking about. Right. And so you want to add that. You want to add all the schools, all those community colleges, all the universities you're thinking about, because that gives the federal government permission to release the financial aid information you provided them. To those schools. Then, after about a month, those schools are supposed to let you know about how much you qualify for in terms of this grant or in terms of this other grant, et cetera, et cetera. So, you really got to be then following up with the school. Once about a month has passed from submitting the FAFSA, now it's you and that particular school. So, if you end up at, say, Sacramento City College, then now you're dealing with the Sacramento City College financial aid office about a month after you submitted the FAFSA.
1: And so with that, you also got to make sure that you fill it out on time, because if you fill it out too late, because of the process of how long it takes up to a month, that means you could be ineligible for classes because you can't afford to pay for them or you're dropped from your classes because you have fees you haven't paid. So the sooner you do it and once you decide this decision, the better, because there's more time for you to be able to pay for your classes without being
0: dropped. And that is right. And there's a priority filing period. Yep. And the priority filing period now starts in October. Wow. October 1st to march 2nd that is a priority filing period that's what they call it and what that means is that is that if you get it in within these months you get priority can you get it in after yes but you don't get priority meaning they're gonna lag (laughs) you will eventually get your grants but you're not getting them when school starts you're getting them like halfway into the semester and in some cases i've heard you're getting like the last month of the semester You know, you want that money up front so you can prepare for your textbooks. You can prepare for the fees. If you don't pay for those, you're already behind the eight ball. You know, you're like, whoa, if I don't have a textbook and I'm starting this class, you're already behind, Mm -hmm. right? If you don't have your classes paid for, you will be dropped by the college, like the week before school starts. And you might not even know. (laughs) And that happens a lot. And so we want to make sure we prepare you for that. Have you had students? Oh, every
1: every year I get someone who was accidentally dropped from the class because uh, they didn't check their email and see that someone was due. And sometimes, again, sometimes it's a parking ticket. Literally, is that parking ticket. So they'll show up year. to your
0: class thinking they're in enrolled in your yep. class because they were enrolled in your class yes. a few months ago when they signed and up. Now they're number 15 on the wait list. Wow. And you don't have 15 openings. No, no. Yeah. You have maybe four or five. Not if even that. that if not even that. Three. Wow. Two to three. So that person runs the risk of not even getting the class. Yep. And if you don't get the classes and you received financial aid, yep. then starts the problems again, yep. right? That you didn't fulfill your part of the deal. Mm-hmm. And now you might have to owe some money. Yep. Wow. So be cautious, everyone. Read everything three times (laughs) from financial aid or the college but especially financial aid most of the money is free most of it as long as you pass your classes for that term but there is this other thing called loans yes okay did you ever pull out any loans i did okay when was at what level you were in community college university where did you pull loans
1: From my four year, I went to a small liberal arts school that's really, really expensive. Uh, Financial aid covered a chunk. The job I had on campus covered a chunk, but there was an even larger chunk that was left behind and I picked up some loans to pay for it.
0: And the loan process is the same application. It's the same FAFSA. Yep. Right? So So when you fill out the FAFSA, they'll first offer you the free money and you Mm -hmm. take that for sure. Yep. Right? And then they'll say something like, hey, do you want a loan? And in your case, because of the expense that wasn't paid for, or yep. you pulled the loan to put yourself through school. Yes. Right. And that's exactly what the loans are for, right? The federal student loans is when you don't have enough, but you're, you know, you're already there and you want to finish, then you borrow the money. Yep. As long as you stay enrolled as a student, you don't have to pay the money back at that moment.
1: Nope. Not right? until six months after graduation. And in my case, since I continue going to school, it was literally like Ten years and maybe twelve years after, right? Because you were still in in school school,
0: for your master's and then your doctorate, so that keeps postponing the payments Mm -hmm. until you're out of school. Yep. And then six months after you're out of your last degree, Then the payments will start, and they're payments like a car payment. It is. You're not paying the fifty thousand dollars or forty thousand or twenty, whatever you borrow. No, 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 no. You're not paying that.
1: And, And even then, you know, some people cautious about loans, and you know, and if you can, you don't have to. Great. But if you have to, it's a much better investment than buying a $50,000 car. Yes. Because
0: in 10 years, that $50,000 car is worth nothing. Nothing. In 10 years, your brain, what educated brain is worth. Hundreds of thousands, right, of dollars. or the income that you
1: generated from a job in your career is is worth way more.
0: So how it works is you have
1: several options. One, if you take out loans, you pay them six months after and you start it up, or you can defer payment because let's say you don't have a job yet, or you can set up your payments based on your income. So they'll you could be reduced uh, or increase. Sometimes you could base it on. Right now they have the um, federal forgiveness for people who work in public sectors, who are teachers, who are educators educators so you can go take your loans and lump them into I think 100 and something payments and after that they'll waive the rest of it there's also grants specific for education people so if you become a teacher and you work at a title title one title one title title one title title meaning the low income schools you work at a title one school they have the apple grant so you'll get twenty thousand dollars after a certain amount of time if you worked at a certain place and you'll get that you know 20,000 towards your loans there's different organizations let's say you work for AmeriCorps you do something for so long they'll kick down some money certain companies will help pay off your student loans even if you become a doctor right if you take residents up in a low come neighbor uh, low come area and work there for X amount of years they also pay off a chunk of your loan so there is not just this like oh you owe 60 70 you know hundred thousand dollars it's there are ways and methods based on where you're at in your life to pay them off and deciding on what you do with your work, some of it could be paid for you or waived eventually.
0: Right. And I'll be honest, I have loans. Mm -hmm. Right When I got done with my master's degree, you know, I had to pull some loans and I'm so glad I did. Now, would I have done it a little bit differently now knowing everything I know? Probably. But at the time, you know, I was a young guy, not really knowing the system. And it's like, I can't make, you know, you want an extra 10 grand. I don't have 10 grand. If that means me dropping out of school or pulling a loan, I'm pulling a loan. Yep. Because at the end of the day, if I get that degree, you have to, you know, then believe that you have the capacity to enter the professional workforce to make a lot more money that allows you to then pay right. for the loans right. and that's something I didn't you know and I was a janitor right so I was mopping floors I'm like I can't pay off that loan but a counselor told me that Listen, you're a janitor right now, right? right. But once you get that degree, you're going to start your professional work, you know, your employment, and you're going to bounce every two or three years to a higher level, which means more income. And the more income you have, the more you can pay off that loan quicker, right? And so, yeah, at the end of the day, I had to pull a loan as well just to stay in school long enough to graduate. Now, loans, just so everyone knows, I'm not a big fan of them. I'm going to be very honest. But if it means drop out, or pull alone, that's when I'm like, okay, yep. let's let's rethink about that low.
1: And, and it's also for me, like, you know, I, I picked the expensive school by the time it was the place I needed to be. Like, it, it was the best decision I made because it got me out of my environment. It got me into a different place. It got me just in a totally different. Different town. Different town. Different, yeah. Different everything. And it was what I needed. And I know if I were to stay where I was at, there were uh, a lot more things that are more expensive, like a lawyer, than mm-hmm. the amount of loans that I pulled out. Exactly.
0: And so if you're eligible for the federal part of it, those things are fairly easy, right? Yep. you fill out the FAFSA, and then they'll offer it. Again, try to avoid it as as much as possible. But in some cases, you're going to have to pull it. So you go ahead and do it. But use up all that free money. So that's the federal financial aid. If you're on the undocumented student side, the DACA student side, you're gonna fill out in California, you're gonna fill out the California Dream Act. The Dream Act will determine whether you're eligible for a Cal Grant, which, uh, you know, if you're fully eligible, it's about $1,000 a semester to kind of help you with expenses. But in addition to that, you can also qualify for the Promise Grant, which is the tuition fee waiver. And if you get that, then that just basically pays your registration fees. And if you're a full-time student, That's about another 1200 bucks every semester that that thing is taken care of. So what undocumented students don't qualify for is the federal Pell Grants, right? Or any federal, anything that has federal in it, Mm -hmm. undocumented students don't qualify. So that's why you have these other applications that you fill out. So there still is by the state of California, a lot of help for students that are undocumented and students that meet the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals classification of residency. So there's still options for you if you're listening to this. And for those undocumented students and or students who are citizens with undocumented parents, okay? Let's take that. If you are a eligible resident and your parents are not eligible residents, financial aid is for you mm-hmm. not your parents well all this is
1: even the cost of school sometimes when i talk to students it's well you know this is your decision this is your financial decision you are now an adult mm-hmm. so this is your decision not your parents this is your bill that you're going to eventually pay not them so make the decision for you and if for you that means oh, i'm gonna find the cheapest route cool if that also means oh, i'm gonna have to take out a loan and eventually pay it off down the road that's for you to decide as an adult and honestly as someone who's had to take loans and who was qualified for financial aid and took every dime that they had <laughs> it was the best decision that i've ever made
0: yeah likewise likewise you know we talk about money you know we talk about loans we talk about the stress of having to pay for school i feel the exact same way it is the best investment i have ever made
1: next to real estate
0: Next to real estate. But, you know, and let's talk about that, right. right? Everyone's, oh, well, real estate. Well, you still have to pay for the real estate. Oh, yeah. So the higher the academic level you have, usually the higher the positions you can get into that pay higher salaries that will allow you to pay for more of the real estate investments, right? And pay off those loans if you pulled any.
1: And, and I'll be honest with you, you know, the first time I had to pay the loan, it was daunting. It was scary, because <laughs> that first job didn't pay as
0: good as, yeah. as
1: the next one. But now, many, many years removed, you know, some of my car notes are more expensive than that, you know, that, than the loan payment. Yeah, yep. so
0: yep. It, it will get easier. And I'm so glad you said that, because as you grow with your income, as you grow with your profession, right? you're going to have investments. And what I tell myself is that I don't pay my loans. My renters pay my loans. You know, as you gain assets, right? There's additional money coming in now to the family that is not directly related to your wallet, right? Right. Those are investments that are now bringing in more income. So what I try to convince myself is that little income that came in from those investments, that's what pays my student loan now, as opposed to me Mm -hmm. pulling money out of my wallet to go ahead and pay for it. So there's different strategies in paying it back, but at the end of the day, I think the message is, just as you progress in educating yourself and training yourself to be a higher level of profession, it gets easier. Yes. Every year that passes, it gets a little bit easier, you know, thinking back 20 years ago. And now it's like easy. <laughs> now I can see a lot of things that I didn't see when I was, you know, 22 or 25 or even 30. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's like, oh, okay, I can figure out how that's not going to cost me money out of my wallet. We'll apply something else to pay for that. Right. So, last thing if you're a citizen, but your parents are undocumented, this is something that a lot of our students go through Mm -hmm. right if you're a citizen and your parents are undocumented you fill out the fafsa because remember financial aid is for you Mm -hmm. okay and until further notice when you fill out your parents portion of the fafsa okay you put all zeros for their social i got to be very clear about that because if you don't if you use the itin number of your parents on the fafsa It messes things up and it causes a nightmare of having to redo a lot of applications because of those numbers. So I want to those students that are Assembly Bill 540 eligible, those students that are undocumented, those DACA students, etc. You will fill out the California Dream Act. But if you're a citizen and your parents are undocumented, you're going to fill out the Fast. And make sure that you put in your parents' info, but you put in all zeros for their social security number to avoid the errors that that application will trigger and the delays. Mm -hmm. Because remember, it takes a month to fill it out. If there's mistakes on it, it's going to take two, three months to kind of fix it and figure it out. So tip for those students who are citizens, permanent residents, uh, eligible refugees, if your parents are still undocumented, do not use the ITIN number. Put their generic information on there and put all zeros on that But for them. For you, because you are eligible, then you use your Social Security. And again, the aid is for you, Mm -hmm. not for anyone else. Nope. Okay, last thing. Everyone talks about scholarships, man. Did you ever apply and get a scholarship? Did you ever get anything like that? Because I didn't. I did. I did. did you get? I did. I
1: did. I got a few. I got a twenty-five thousand dollars scholarship to pursue my teaching credential after I was done with my undergrad. So the FAFSA financial aid only covered me up until my first degree. After that, you're pretty much on your own. So my teaching credential was fully paid for um, by a
0: special grant that you applied. Special scholarship. Okay. Uh,
1: that I got, and then my master was paid for by my work. So I worked on campus, which covered housing, tuition, and actually gave me a stipend to pay for miscellaneous things like gas yeah. or my cell phone. Yeah. So I, I got that paid. And then when I went to my PhD, I got a full fellowship, which is mean they paid me for my tuition plus a stipend and I had to do work there. So it's, it's, it's a job still, right? It's not just go to class. I also had to work. Plus side jobs, watching kids, watching dogs, doing whatever I could to make extra income, but also was able to qualify for a few scholarships. So there I got a it was $70,000 scholarship uh, wow. divided it by two years. So 35 grand a year plus tuition, plus all these things covered for to kind of finish out.
0: So you were looking for these or these just fell in your lap somehow? Let's what? be honest with the crowd, right? No, I, just... no
1: I was looking for them because okay. well, once I was running out of money, the first scholarship I ever got, the $25,000 one. I knew there was no financial aid. I already took out a bunch of loans just to finish that small two years of transferring, but I needed to finish, you know, this credential. And so I was looking for it and they told me, well, here's this scholarship. If you apply, we'll cover the whole thing. And so it was a whole interview process. I had to apply, I had to write. We did an interview over the phone and I got it. And so, Wow. That's how that worked congratulations, thank man. You, thank you. Thank wow. you.
0: Wow. You're like the first Latino I know, got a bunch of scholarships on top of the federal and state financial aid. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I had a certain point these places are looking for you yeah right? you are no longer there by happenstance Right, you were supposed to be there and so the second one after i finished my three years of phd funding that was paid and, then, and back to residency once i moved to utah i had applied to become a utah resident within the six months i was eligible to so that they would continue covering my fees so that was a part of the stipulation like we'll pay the first you know couple half year mm-hmm. out of state fees but you need to become a utah resident as soon as possible so that you could be continue receiving the school aid. So once I was done with that, I got a fourth year of funding by doing some work for someone. The last one was the in-house scholarship that the College of Education had. They have a bunch of them. So even within your own departments, within your own schools, they'll have scholarships. And so it was well known to apply for, extremely competitive. But again, you had to write this whole thing, gather a bunch of letters. And just like the FAFSA, you had to be on time. And I was able to snag that one.
0: Nice. For, for nice. So, so it sounds like in the beginning beginning of your education, you relied more heavily on the FAFSA, on whatever you can get from the feds, yep. right? And as you earned your space in these other universities. They just right? want
1: to keep on giving me more and more money. To keep you,
0: yep. right? Because at the end of the day, no college wants a big dropout, right? Nope. No college wants to say, oh, well, we lost so-and-so because they couldn't afford it. No, <laughs> what they'll do is try to put things together, yep. packages, financial packages for students to encourage them to complete, right? Because, Finance is, is huge. It's the biggest right? thing. It's the biggest hurdle for all of us. Right? Yep. It sure was for me. And luckily, you know, again, I, we were able to make it, right? Use those resources that were there. Some of them, you have to find all of them, mm-hmm. right? But the good thing is that FAFSA or that DREAM Act, this one application tries to qualify you for almost everything. And this is across the nation, y'all. You know, the FAFSA doesn't matter if you're wanting to go to a school in Florida or wanting to go to school in Montana or in California. Mm-hmm. You fill out pretty much the FAFSA if you're an eligible citizen, non-citizen of the U.S. In Cali, again, for an undocumented, we do our best to keep our, all of our undocumented students going through school as well. So we do provide the California DREAM Act for them to fill out to see if they have to fill it out every year. Every year. Even if you think you're not going to go to school, you, you should fill, fill it out. out. If you don't go to school, that's fine. The following year, you'll fill it out again when you decide to return. Mm -hmm. Right. So every single year between October 1st and November 2nd is the priority filing period. Totally okay to be late. It's just they're going to be late with the feria. They're going to be late with the lana, you know, the cash. They're going to be late as well because you were late. Right. But get through the process. There's going to be hurdles. Just being honest. There's being brutally honest. There's going to be hurdles. There's going to be things you don't understand. There's going to be things that are being delayed. You have to be proactive. Mm -hmm. You have to be checking with that financial aid office, being professional. This is part of your professional development. Development is learning how to engage with these offices to ensure that your application is making it through the process. Because I've seen far too many students be denied financial aid because they were not following up with financial aid. So last tips of advice for students that are struggling to pay for school. There's a way. There's a way. There's
1: always a way. There's federal State Schools have their own funds and buckets where they pull from. My last semester, I was short about five grand to getting my BA. And a private donor came in and swooped in and gave me my last five grand. Wow. So that I could finish being the first. I was 5000 short. There was no way I was going to come up with that money in a couple months. Yeah. And luckily enough, someone came through.
0: That's right. You know, at the end of the day, it's asking, mm-hmm. right? It's asking. And when you're now at the tail end, people usually step up. But you got to have that confidence. Yep. Down. All right. Well, Dr. Yu, thank you very much for sharing your story about for how sure. you paid for the whole thing. And let's not forget, it only pays about 30%. So most of us, we're going to have to also have a job or two yep. to make sure that the rest of your expenses, your living expenses are paid. For sure. For more helpful tips like this, to find the quickest and most affordable way possible to get your degree, go to the App Store and download the free techo Guide app.